1: All you Liberty listeners, here we are again, um, this time with author, best-selling author, Jillian Lauren. Um, really quickly about Jillian, she's the author of the New York Times best-selling memoir, Some Girls, My Life in a Harem, and the novel Pretty, both published by Plume and Penguin, as well as her latest memoir, Everything You Ever Wanted. And I'm uh, so happy to have an author with us here. We're in her studio, actually, um, to learn a little bit about her background and what it took to get uh, to the New York Times bestselling author list, but also to give us some advice on how, on how you two can pave that path for yourself. So Jillian, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, why don't you tell us just a bit about what it means um, and what it took for you to become a bestselling author?
0: Well, I always wrote I had been writing since I was probably seven or eight. You know, always kept a journal, always wrote poetry, wrote stories. Uh, But for a long time, I really thought that... I, I didn't even think about that. I just thought oh, I I want to be an actress, you know. I'm yeah. like way, heading way straight for glamorous. the stars, yeah. and I'm not gonna like toil in a corner all day <laughs> long. And uh, anyway, so I um I went to New York. I was I was really young. I went to college when I was 16, and uh, and pursuing
1: acting work, okay, wait, you know, it was very up. fun. So were you just like a smarty pants, college at 16? You can say, our listeners. Yeah. Are, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're kind. We let, no, we want you I to tell the I also was
0: uh, always just gunning to, I, I couldn't wait to be a grown up. Okay. You Dad, know, I just, out. I wanted out. I wanted, I grew up in suburban New Jersey. I felt like I had been dropped from a spaceship. Okay. I was, there was no one like me around me. Uh, and I just, I, I wanted to be in New York. I just remember I would like look over the river
1: yeah. <laughs> toward
0: get New York there. and dream that, you know, totally. I could, I could fly there or something. Totally. I couldn't wait to get there. So, uh, so I did. So I went to NYU and, um, and I did do some acting and it was really fun. Uh, and I got derailed, um, with the subject of my first memoir, yeah. which is I wound up in a harem in Southeast Asia, it's always the the best icebreaker at cocktail parties. I kind of wish like, I had a your, story like what that. What are your books yeah. about? You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait for this uh, one. Yeah. Well, my first book is about I was in a harem, um, and uh, and you know, and, and what that means is you know, essentially, I had a very, 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 very rich boyfriend who had a lot of other girlfriends too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> You know, that, <laughs> and- happens. that happens here in the States, too. You didn't have yeah. to go all the so, way back yeah. there. And mine yeah. was
0: The Prince of Brunei, so I did write a book about that. Um, but really what happened, I mean, I, I got derailed, definitely derailed from my my acting aspirations because I was there for about a year and a half. And mm-hmm. um, But what happened was I really rediscovered myself as a writer or began to discover myself as a writer because what was going on around me, Uh, was so interesting and so surreal um, that I started writing more than just you know oh you know woke up today and Brad sure. is cute and I am fat and yeah. I you know like yes. <laughs> which yeah. is like what every journal entry yes. up until that point yeah.
1: says you know and I'm crying <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> why isn't this working the way I wanted it to uh-huh. was that part of actually the draw to leave and go no, have this adventure not at all. Okay. I mean the draw was really uh,
0: I mean I always I think it was sort of like a perfect storm of things of just like I'm a very I'm a very kind of wild adventurous person anyway like yeah. that's just my nature um, and I also had a difficult adolescence and uh, you know so by the time I was like ready to go out into the world I had not, Terrific self-esteem mm-hmm. and very few boundaries. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's a really a good, right, yeah. that's just that is like a, like a perfect harem girl. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then when the opportunity came up, it just seemed, um, you know, I, and I was trying to support myself in New York. Yeah. Um, which is like, as everyone knows, even back then, costs a kidney. Sure. And, uh, you know, so... So, the, so the writing wasn't. It was really a byproduct. It was not a draw to go over there, um, but I did sort of start to notice things more, you know. And I was very lonely there uh and pretty depressed but what I found was like I met my old friend again my writing you know and and I was able to like I was started to write down how people were talking Mm. and what things smelled like and and the you know the details and what things look like and I mean when I went to write that book almost 20 years later um you know, I, I think people often will have the misconception that a memoir is your diary and it's not by any stretch of the imagination. But to be able to draw from those details yeah. that I had written down that, you know, it's are very hard to remember almost twenty years later, um, was really a gift. But basically what I found is that the writing gave me a sense of meaning, you know, and I was somewhere that was feeling really meaningless that like I didn't have any real like spiritual or moral you know anchors or or family around me or even friends and um, and so that I, that I was able to like put my own frame around the world. Um, and that was totally intoxicating to me. And, and it still is, that's still the thing that keeps me writing is that that it, you know, it gives me the world around me. Meaning gives me a reason to look at things. gives me a reason to listen to people. You know, it gives me a reason to have a conversation with somebody in an airport. Um, I did, I wound up going back to college after that, and uh, you know, and and did all kinds of crazy things. I mean, it took like eight years for me to get my degree. I mean, I never. I always have to make things really, really hard. Yeah, <laughs> sure, that's,
1: I have a little bit actually, of that in me too. So I that's get it. my
0: superpower is yeah. I can make things really hard.
1: <laughs> it's a it's a good superpower. It helps you to understand your own kids. Like I, yeah. I feel like because I had that, I look yeah. at my kids and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. You're just it gonna learn the hard continue. way
0: compassion i think if you have a real talent for making your life challenging yeah (laughs) give you compassion for others um but i i was writing really consistently after that i published stories you know and articles and things first it wasn't like
1: the book was was the first thing but yeah
0: it really was, you know, it probably took me about 15 years.
1: And along the way, were you getting paid for your writing for these articles and other things? No. Or was it was it something that, it was just something you needed to continue I to was do as a hair. passion project?
0: You were doing hair? I was doing hair. I was doing hair and makeup. Yeah, I had a day job. Um, and I didn't get, I didn't get paid for Let's see, is this true? I didn't get paid for one word of my writing until... Yeah, I think that that's true. I didn't get paid at all until my first book came out.
1: Was that ever the goal? Um, you know,
0: all I wanted was to publish a book. Okay. Like, all I wanted was to publish a book. What happened after that was... Like, I couldn't have even... I couldn't have even dreamed it. Yeah. I wouldn't have dared. Um... But you know, and and what happened was like I have a career, yeah. Um, and it's a career in the arts. It's a career with you know sure. financial and, and emotional, sure. and absolutely all kinds of ups and downs. But I've, I've got. Would a you have it career. any other way? Um, with the <laughs> would I would I just have the ups and not the downs? No, or would, you, would I have would you a not or right? the arts? Would you not? Oh, no, be, yeah. absolutely not. Um, I was actually um. Just reading today, uh, that David Mamet has said about like a career as an actor, a career as a writer, that if you have a fallback, you will invariably fall back on it. Like, there's such tough careers. I just, I really was a terrible hairdresser and I did not like it a bit. Like, seriously, when I, Scott, my husband, after. Um, we had moved in together and, and been together for a while. And he was finally just like, why don't you go to graduate school and I'll support you for a couple of years. While you do that, um, and I, I still say to this day, it was just so he didn't have to have me do his hair anymore.
1: <laughs> That's a really expensive non haircut.
0: Really expensive. But look, it totally paid off for yeah, him. Too. It did. And it now did. he's like,
1: get to work.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's churn out another book. So, okay, so go back to the writing. Really was to fulfill something, and even Absolutely. the writing when you were living in the harem, you were not writing so that you could one day write a book you were were writing for yourself I never thought I would write a book
0: about that and in fact um my my memoir which came out first so some girls the the harem memoir the harem book that I will never live down yeah (laughs) came out first but it was the second book I wrote I wrote my novel first and I when I went to graduate school I said I'm I'm never writing that book i'm never writing the harem book really yeah because i i knew because i knew i would never live it down because i knew that then i would i would forever be the harem girl you know and uh and then so i wrote my novel and i i, I always thought i'd just write fiction i didn't think i'd ever write nonfiction. i had a total attitude about memoirists
1: you know yeah. isn't that always how it, so it is so funny then you find yourself in that same um, situation
0: yeah, it's just it just you never you think you know, mm-hmm. right? Like I really thought I knew who I was and who I wanted to be and really, you know, my my calling was elsewhere. Um so I so I wrote my novel um and I got well oh actually uh, my novel that got published was the second novel I wrote. I wrote a novel it, uh, I, I always, I'm always hesitant to tell this story. Like I want to tell this story, but then I feel, <laughs> I feel like it's both encouraging and frightening because I'm like, it took me 15 years. But and it's the truth. Like, what? But, it and is the truth. And it's
1: easier for people to hang on to. So
0: I wrote a, I wrote a novel. It, I got a super fancy agent. It was the, like for, it was very experimental. I was like, I'm the female Bukowski. I'm like it was like all about like <laughs> drugs and there was no narrative arc. It was just it was like just out there, yeah. And uh, and anyway, so but you know, it it was good enough to get me that far anyway. And so I was just like, I have it made in the shade now. You know, I remember Scott like took a picture of me the minute that the agent called me, and I was just like. This happiness, yeah. um, and uh, you know, and I and I don't mean to like nothing will take that moment away. Sure. But you know what happened was a year went by, and and, and then I, and he didn't sell it, and I couldn't get him to return my phone calls. And I wrote another novel in the meantime, and uh, and then when when I sent that novel to him, he didn't want it, and I I was just. Like devastated, I was just holding two unpublished manuscripts in my hands. Like that had taken how long for you? um, Well, the second one took two years, and the first one took longer than that. Still doing hair? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, The 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 second one I finished in graduate school. Okay. So you know it was a really it was like a long slog, and I and so then I um, I sent out cold queries to like 20 different agents um, and got rejected by all of them except one um, it just takes one it just takes one it does she's still one of my closest friends um, cool. she picked up the book out of a slush pile which almost never happens almost always an agent's gonna look at your material because you're recommended to them by some like they get so much material you know or some intern reads it and maybe they like like it or maybe they don't or maybe you know but she picked it up and she loved it and she believed in it and then she so then she represented me and she tried to sell it for another year and at the end of that year she was like we need to re-strategize because I can't sell it and uh and I said you know I have I have like one last card to play here. I was like, this thing happened to me when I was 18 years old, and and it's pretty weird. It's a pretty good hook the whole time. She was like, I can't believe you never told me this. But also, you know, very much to her credit, um, she was like, Do you really, you really want to write this book? Like, obviously you, you can certainly write this book and it's a very, it's a great hook, you know, but like, is, is this material like what's calling to you right Mm -hmm. now? And, and are you, are you ready to put this out into the world? Um, and I said, I don't know. I'm not sure. Let me, let me start to just engage with the material and see, I was like, give me three months. I'm going to write a book proposal. So, so I did that. And in doing that, like I really did a lot of soul searching and I, you know, read through all those old journals and I, I went and I interviewed people like I interviewed old friends, old boyfriends, like as if I was researching someone else's life. And, uh, and you know, and I, I came up with this book proposal, you know, like so many years of rejection, I was so depressed and I was having back problems. I remember like lying on the floor, of my house. And also we couldn't get pregnant. So yeah. like all I wanted. I was like every year. I was just like this is the year for a book and a baby. Yeah. Book and a baby. Anyone's <laughs> listening. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> just a little book. And a yeah. super little baby. You know. Wow. And like none. Neither of those things was happening. I just remember lying on the floor. Being like I can't do another year of this. I will kill myself. You know. And then the next year would roll around. And I'd be like yeah not yet oh I can't kill myself yet yeah it's yeah, so like I'm gonna maybe hold one on. one more year yeah. and um and I guess like really at the bottom of it I just like there's something like very core piece of me even though I'm an artist and I'm racked with self-doubt and self-hatred those are two of my favorite things uh <laughs> to spend my day <laughs> to spend my day feeling yeah. um I do have this piece of me that that believes in me and always has. And I knew that there was a place for my voice in the world. I just had no idea what that was going to be. And uh, and so, you know, I, I told Scott, I was like, just like, hang in there with me for another few months. So then I, I worked on that proposal. How was he
1: feeling at the time about the concept or the idea of you doing this book? Writing
0: the book. Yeah.
1: Um, well, he, I mean,
0: Scott is... The only person who gets a say, I mean, now there are my kids, right? Sure. And they sort of don't even get a say yet. Yeah. Yes, but <laughs> who gets a say in in what goes out there into the world? But like, you know, where we share life. Yeah. And he is very deeply affected by, you know, me publishing this stuff. So, um, you know, it, it was like a real learning curve. He was super supportive of me mm-hmm. writing it. Um and it, but it was just a real learning curve as, you know, I started to then publish personal essays and, yeah. and my blog and then yeah. the book came out and what that was like for us. But he has always been my greatest champion and the book's greatest champion. Now he hasn't read it, that he has not read that book. Like he started that to read be it really hard, it be really hard. I know I told, I told him from the beginning, like, you don't have to read it. I'll tell you everything that's in it. Yeah. You don't have to read it. Yeah. And and he and I did. I told him everything that was in it so he knew
1: And was prepared and for, for any prepared. questions exactly. or anything that he would hear.
0: And yeah. he he was like, I, I you know, I'm really proud of you. I want to try and he read like four pages. He's like, This is pissing me off. And I was like, Yeah,
1: don't read it. So yeah. to this day he hasn't read it. Um I I kind of respect that. I, and I totally I think you know no when he's, about, well and he's you know, he's he's preserving your wife's the particularly whorish <laughs> well, younger years. Yeah. No no, no man. man wants to read that. No man. And I think it's really protecting the relationship and still giving you the freedom yeah. to be fully who you needed yeah. to be and to get that story out. Was telling that story did it prove to be Cathartic, or was it like going through trauma in a new way? Um, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was both those yeah. things. Um, well, what happened is I, I wrote the proposal, and what I found was I, I did actually find the process of, of starting to write nonfiction and, you know, and thinking about memoir and narrative persona, and like, uh, like I found it all really exciting yeah. and uh, and meaningful and both both traumatizing and cathartic, yeah. but it was really clear to me when I got done with the proposal that it was what I needed to do. And I handed my proposal. We worked on it a little bit, and my agent was like, I'm, I'm going to go out with this and package it with your, with your novel. Not the first one. That's the, yeah. very, that's the very bad novel. Yeah. It is still in the drawer and ever shall remain there. <laughs> um, but, uh, and she sold it in three days. She sold them both together in three days to Penguin. So that's why they came out in the not chronological order to how they were written. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and then it was off to the races. Then I had a book contract and I had a, you know, and flew to New York to have lunch with my editor and uh, like all that stuff. I had been... Right. You know, dreaming of all this years. Was it all that
1: you had hoped for and more?
0: Yes. Okay. It
1: was. So it was, it was so great. worth that wait.
0: I'll just, I'll never forget it. And I, I did have, I had friends who were writers who told me, like, you, you never get to, you never get your first book. Yeah. You know, like, you'll never get that again. Never yeah. have that feeling again. Never, like, you should really enjoy it. Cause, like, mm-hmm. we have, a way of being very like, you know, I was like, I'm a writer. Like I'm, I'm a Jewish writer. Like I ruin I can ruin anything. I'll ruin like the best yeah. moment in the world. You know, I'll find some reason yeah. to be anxious,
1: but, love um, uh, but there's a I book do, in there, by yeah. the way, there's a book in that. How to, but I do remember like I have this,
0: this, memory of walking through washington square park you know mm-hmm. where i had where my dorm that i dropped out yeah. of college was like on one side of me and you know the beautiful little restaurant in the west village was in front of me that i was heading to and, wow. and i remember i was wearing these new boots that i like so much but uh they were giving me a blister
1: <laughs> Classic. Yeah.
0: and and uh, it was like one of those just gorgeous autumn New York days and I was like I'm I'm walking a lunch with my editor
1: this is happening. going to lunch with
0: my editor like this is I I have a book contract like, yeah it was so it's cool that you can celebrate it in the moment yeah.
1: that you were so wildly aware whether it was due to your friends who said pay attention yeah. pay attention to these things because it is um easy to miss out on all of that the books the book comes out and all of a sudden you have to be in multiple places right, and there's right. people pulling at you and you don't always get that moment to be like look 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 what I did yeah uh, look what I accomplished and and even before the best-selling status I think it's just having the book in your hand oh, having yeah. the paper in your hands that box that comes to the there door is nothing,
0: yeah. there is nothing there is nothing like it yeah. like opening that box for the first time, yeah. the first, especially, I mean, I did work at it really thanklessly for a long, long yeah. time, yeah. you know, and I, I know people who have gotten book contracts, you know, like I wrote a blog, I mean, the, these days are, are over pretty much, by Which the way. Which we're going to get into, but, yeah. you know, I wrote a blog post and then an editor from... crown called me and uh, next minute I have to write a book and I and I I don't think that there is the same I mean maybe there's that gratitude but like the kind of gratitude you get from like
1: really keeping at something yeah um no I think it's completely different people are looking at the numbers differently there's more noise in the writing space everybody calls themselves a writer and so you're competing for something that's um that takes the the publisher a a little bit more time to find the nuggets right right and so the easiest place I think for them for them to go is your platform how many people are already paying attention to you right because I'm looking for a done deal or sure thing right right um and so I love that you actually have kind of an old school story. It is it's a very way. old school yeah. story. But, you know,
0: I, I think that also what's easy to do in terms of like not appreciating these, these milestones, these moments in our careers when they happen is um, like the minute you get the next thing, you raise the bar. Yeah. You know, true. And, and like I'll raise the bar even before. I yeah. get the thing, yeah. so it's like by the time I get that, I was like, okay, well that that old thing. And they are done that, yeah. I, now I, yeah, I, okay, nice. now I've been published by the New York Times. Well, like you know, that yes. was such a goal, you yes. know, to Huge. be published by the New York Times. Yes. And then uh, there's my byline in the New York yeah. Times, and I'm like, yeah, but but I didn't get that that thing, you know, that yeah. I wanted. But I didn't get the Vanity Fair article, or I didn't,
1: you know. And it's just like. What is that? What is that? And that's, don't say it's a Jewish thing. Because that is it's not. A, it's, no. a, it's across the board. I think that that is,
0: I don't, I don't know if it's, I mean, maybe a piece of it is ambition. Yeah. You know, and, and not terrible. Sure. Quality for someone to have. is like, because there's always going to be a wanting no, I think
1: ambition know, gets a bad rap. I actually yeah. think being ambitious, is a, it can be a good thing. It can be dangerous. And so like all yeah. things, you have to protect it. and Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I think that it's problematic if it starts to rob you of your joy. Absolutely. You know, or rob you of, of life. your moments and yeah. your life and your, you know, being able to enjoy your family
1: and being able to like, in, you know, enjoy the day yeah. and enjoy your accomplishments. So it's interesting to me that you went from a memoir... And a, a, a fiction piece, uh-huh. a, a fictional piece? Novel. yeah, Novel. Thank fiction. You. yeah, That's the word. Um, and then back to a memoir when you earlier on said, that's the last thing I thought I wanted to do or be. Right. And now you have two under your belt. Yeah. So tell us about that process. Like, OK, I've got these two under my belt and I'm going to go back to the memoir piece. Again, was it fueled by this is something I want to do, I felt comfortable or was it I have a story to tell?
0: Well, in this case it was, well, it was a couple of things. So the other thing that happened right exactly, you know, like days after I was walking through Washington Square Park, is that we got the call about, uh, my older son that there was, you know, we, we had been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. We, uh, we're, were waiting to adopt a baby from Ethiopia and you just don't know how long that wait is going to be. It could be, it could be a year, it could be two years, you know? So I got my book contract, right? So I just signed on the dotted line that I'm going to deliver a book in a year. And, yeah, I know. And like months, just like oh, it wasn't less than than a month year later. Uh, like
1: the book was finished. It was during the year of oh, writing yeah. the book. Oh, well, there's a nice twist. And
0: then, and so then we got the call. Like they're like, there's a beautiful boy. And they, yes, you know, they sent us the pictures and, uh, you know, and then we were getting ready to go to Africa. So I'm starting the book. I mean, I had the first three chapters done, um, but ish done ish yeah. a draft of them done um but essentially i'm starting the book and like packing
1: to go to africa <laughs> and to pick up a baby yeah. not just to go on a- it's not safari i th- know <laughs> wow yeah it was
0: it was wackadoo it was like i i can i could almost not even remember it
1: yeah like i, I would
0: write i would write all morning and then I would lie down and cry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then it's probably good. And then I would get up and just like go and obsessively, you know, nest and
1: yeah.
0: buy baby clothes and baby crap. And you know how it is. Like yeah. the first kid. Yeah, like every, they get it all. Every-
1: all the junk. Food yeah. grinder, food <laughs> mill, little frozen totally. food cubes. Totally. My poor third one is like, just feed me. If you would just feed me and on time, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah just I like, know.
0: can you hand me that box I know. of dry cereal? I know. Like, you're fine. You're gonna be fine.
1: Okay, so it's also interesting to me emotionally that you were going into your past. And your future yeah. at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean, what the way? I, that's a, that's a great observation. The way that I was thinking of it was like I was like, I have no present yeah. right now. Yeah, I'm totally in the the past and the future. My present was really you know, was just, was the writing,
1: you yeah. know, and the preparing and just stressing <laughs> about the baby. So ad- advice to our listeners, don't adopt a baby while you're writing. You're about I know, to worked, be New York Times. yeah, it though. did. Or maybe perhaps <laughs> the advice is go ahead and do that. Yeah, like, I baby. think it's
0: actually in, I think I wrote it in the book. My grandmother always used to say, pressure makes diamonds, you know? Yeah. And it was like such a kind of weird ad- adrenaline-fueled, like, crazy like i mean you know it's my first kid we've been waiting for so long i was you know writing this memoir about this very difficult time in my life and it was like i was just my heart was just so wide open yeah you know from like all of these experiences so then i had a baby (laughs) all of a sudden i had a baby you know my husband travels my husband's like in korea and um and uh and i have this Book do and you know at first we were very very at attachment parenting sure. with Taraku and we did this thing called cocooning where we didn't you know because we were trying to bond with him and he was already eleven months old so yeah. you had to. Make, gonna, make up for that time. You got to make up for it, right? right? And so we weren't leaving the house at all. We were just like, we were the only ones who would hold him. And so I was like, you know, no babies. Like, maybe I'll never have a babysitter. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> oh, that face. <phase>. Meanwhile,
0: <laughs> we cut to, you know, five months later and the book deadline is coming up. And yeah. I was seriously calling the teenage pot dealer on the corner. Yeah. I was like, what? What? You know, I need you. Yeah. Come up here. I was like, can you just come, just hang out yeah. in the backyard for yeah. a little? I'm, you're not doing yeah. anything. Yeah. I know no, you're not doing
1: yeah, it's anything. Fine. <laughs> Pay a few dollars. I'll feed you. You can smoke. You it's can, fine yeah, Just stand outside. Just, can you
0: just stand out there with my baby?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, yeah. So it, it was. It was pretty funny. But you know, I I did it. Yeah. And um and so as I was doing that, it was incredibly. Um, you know, very lonely time for me, right? Because like, what else did I have time for? Um, and I think you know, m- many new mothers feel very isolated. Yeah. So yeah. I started blogging. I started a blog, um, about my experience with my son, and I started it off just for like friends and family. Just I had so many pictures, and everyone wanted to know was what like, was going on and story. had questions, People, you know. Sure. And I just didn't have time. To tell them all the sure. story, you know, of our weeks in Ethiopia, of our, you know, so I, uh, so I started just writing it, and
1: then it became really important to me. Yeah. So was it hard for you to go from writing a book, which hadn't been published yet, but then to blogging? Did you view one as more serious than the other, or was it? I just was right, about... I'm doing them both at the same time.
0: Okay. Um. And and yes, I did. Okay. They were really different. They were very different voices. Um, but in retrospect, I think that the blogging was very freeing for me um, in terms of, you know, like, like writing a book felt, I had my first book contract felt so laden With You know, and I I felt like I had to prove myself and I, you know, especially writing a book about, uh, you know, a rather outre experience and, uh, you know, I I really felt like I had to,
1: uh,
0: you know, show everyone that yeah. I was
1: a serious writer. I was going to say, um, you didn't want it to be about the, the scandal or the fantasticness right. of it all, but so about the writing too. So I had the all that pressure on myself,
0: you know, which I actually um, think, you know, which which really was not there for the second memoir. And I think that, that the writing's better for it, you know, all that pressure, yeah. um, you know, like I think that it can make it a little stiff. At yeah. times. Um, but the blogging was, like, very... Much more conversational. Um, I, I didn't... I wasn't writing it, like, to be a blogger. Mm-hmm. That was not... I didn't care. I was just writing it to share our story. Mm-hmm. And and also, you know, it, it was starting to become clear that... Um, that Tarek, who had special needs, and I didn't really understand what was going on. And I really needed to... And, like, the, my friends' experiences around me were not... Like mine, and their advice was not relevant to me, and I just started to feel more and more lonely, and uh, and so then I started to meet a community of people online um, who who were having similar, similar experiences, experiences yeah. and then I started to notice that like these comments would start popping up on my blog that were not I would be like mom. You know, like, what? Is that you? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? Yeah. And noticed that that people were starting to
1: follow the story. Yeah. Well, there's a quality about your blog writing that is very uh, um, educational. That's not the word I want. But that you're a teacher. I feel like there are several of your posts that I've read that I leave. And in many blog posts, people leave more informed. But there's something about your ability to sort of turn a light switch on things and, yeah. and, and shed light on things that are, whether it's because they're taboo or because your ability to call us, the reader, out on something that is um, kind of universal. Right. Is, there's something very tender about it. And it's not Thank because you. you're using tender words necessarily. It's because I think you're shedding light on truth. I think I found my way to that, but it probably took years,
0: yeah. you know, it's a it skill was,
1: that you have to hone. It, it definitely
0: is. There was a, you know, a real learning curve. And also, I mean, like a learning curve of my life. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't have very much knowledge to offer. I was just kind of like, sure. New parents, you know, flailing around this? in the dark, yeah. um, at the beginning. So that's what I was expressing. And then as I started to you know, have have more to offer than the writing reflected that. But I've been doing it for eight years now, um, and I'm, I'm slowing down. Um, but really, the the second memoir came out of the blog. It's and it's okay. not it. It's not. I didn't use the blog material mm-hmm. in it, and I um, always. Like it's an will important distinction, that is it's really mm-hmm. important and and I think it's important for people to think about when they're blogging too if they are hoping to you know also publish like it's a different medium mm-hmm. and it doesn't really translate
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know like the blog to the page doesn't doesn't exactly translate mm-hmm. um, so it's a, but it can it be was, a good way to
1: experiment with right. what the audience wants to hear and or also like, with. it
0: was a, a document it was a mm-hmm. record. Of all this stuff so it was again it was like journaling or something yeah. it, was, it was tremendously yeah. valuable to me in that way um but that was but the story as it started to um progress and when i decided to write this second book um or the you know the second memoir anyway um really had to do with my experience connecting with people um, mostly in the adoption community um, in the special needs community through, through the blog world. Um, and I really felt like there was a, that there was a need for this story in the world.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and also I, like I wrote that book as a gift to my son. I really wanted him to have that, that story. And there, you know, there are a lot of things like I'm not great at as a mom, but like this I can give him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and he still is really super proud of the book oh. and it's actually him on the cover it's, it's him from the back there's like it's yes. kind of a silhouette but it is it was from a picture of him so you know that. he's always just like this is my book yeah this, it is. is my book it is his and book and he would come to some of my book signings and stuff and sign oh my books for gosh people. I love that <laughs> and he was really proud of me but I just remember that I, I did this reading in New Jersey um and my parents were there and um, you know, and, and Scott was there and Taru was there and he just uh, you know he came like running up to me after the reading and jumped into my arms and he took my face in his hands and he was like, "I am so
1: proud of you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I can't really imagine anything sweeter. And I was yeah. like, I will like on my de- on my deathbed, yeah, I want to remember this moment. Many people who I consult with or I've done workshops with who are writers Mm -hmm. don't view themselves as entrepreneurs. And I would love to hear your take on that. Do you view yourself as an entrepreneur? Did you back then and do you now? Um, You know, I I think that I would say I'm a
0: businesswoman. Okay. I mean, first and foremost, I'm an artist. As an artist, it really is my responsibility to figure out how to be in dialogue with the culture that I am living in right now. And, you know, and, and that involves being a being a businesswoman. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, what would be the distinction between businesswoman and entrepreneur? I, I mean, Is really like- just
1: starting your own thing. Yeah. I mean, versus working for somebody else. But they're oh, both yeah. well, business I definitely people, do that. Right? <laughs> and, and from, yeah. uh, again, for me, when I have said it to people, it's been, well, you're creating a product, you're finding somebody who wants to sell the product, right. and then you're finding somebody who wants to buy that product. Right. That's a business person. Yeah. That's an entrepreneur. That's somebody who's taking their craft, their skill, their service, whatever it is, and putting it out there and in the hands of other people. And I think that the strategy that's involved in thinking about how you get your art, your, pro- your product, your creativity into the hands of people is an act of entrepreneurship. It yeah. takes that way of thinking. So I like, I like to tell people who are thinking about whether it's a blog or writing a book or whatever it is, think about how you're going to gain that audience. Think right. about what that audience wants to hear. Not to minimize what you have to say, but right. how you can say it, or how how is it relevant? Getting your art into the hands of people right. is an important thing. I think we it, want yeah. to hear from you.
0: And and one an exercise that I. Ooh, have done a with, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. exactly. No, but uh, exactly along those lines. I mean, I'm just going to repeat exactly the same thing you said, but when I was writing my book proposals, I would like sit and, and just close my eyes and imagine someone reading my book and like, who is that person? Yep Well, you know, what is she? Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's pretty much she, um, yeah. wh- like what is she, how old is she? Where is she? What house does she live in? You know, where, what does she get up Absolutely. and do in the morning, you know? And
1: then then I start to, like, have, you know, like, have a picture of, of my well, reader. Context and context of who yeah. is the reader and what does she want from me and what is she, on an intimate level, what is, what is, what am I going to be vulnerable about vulnerable about that she will connect with? Yeah. And that, I mean, and then you put business terms on it and it's demographic. Right, right, and it's like right, your target it's your audience target, Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, you know, but I think that it wouldn't necessarily determine the, the content of what I was writing. But it, that has everything to do with how I'm going to frame it. And certainly sure. how I'm going to sell it. And like I, the thing I tell people about book proposals is I'm like, just keep in mind, this is a, a marketing mm-hmm. document. This is a sales document. Yeah. You know, like you are, you are selling this thing. And I think that we can get very allergic to that, like as artists, like it's so gross like that, yeah. you know, like just tooting your own horn kind yeah. of thing. And, but, and even more so as women, like we're yes. so like, there's something about always remaining humble and humble. It's, yeah. Yeah, you know, humble or in, and we're not the only. I mean, it, it is a, a cultural Absolutely. thing. You know that you know because otherwise, you know, we're we're bitches or we're, yeah. you know, like ball busters yeah. or where you know, like think about a, any one of a million things that people call
1: women who are assertive. Yeah, um, that, and you know that what, they I... would never refer to a man that way. And it takes another woman. I have found to give that woman permission to be seen as who she is mm-hmm. and there's no, there's no lack of humility in that there's it's it's fully human to embrace yourself as who you are and to give to the world who you fully are there's no reason to hide in some weird shadow of that and right. so but it takes it takes some life yeah. to get to that point yeah and it takes other people saying you can do this yeah. I give you permission and then ultimately we give ourselves permission yeah Okay, so you've helped us transition to the second part, and okay. actually we've been in this tips part for a little bit, but um, I wanted to ask you more specifically, did it get better or easier um, to ask for more or to have boundaries by the time you were putting out this third published piece? Yes. Okay.
0: Um, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. But it's easier. I mean, certainly, you know, when they... when. They were first, you know, when I got my first yeah. thing, I would, you know, I would was never just have like, thought like, oh, yeah, you know, they're like, here's a, here's a stick yeah. of gum <laughs> like, and <laughs> <laughs> we're going to publish your book. I would have been like, oh, my God, it's a juicy fruit. Like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> and uh, but now it for sure it is, you know, I have a different sense of my own value and um, you know, like. I always say, like, you think that you're going to get your book published and you're going to be happy, um, and that's not true, but you will be happier. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I am happier, you know, and I did, I don't think that the fact that my work has been published makes me a better or worse writer than I ever have been, but it has given me... um, more confidence and more validation and then you know and then i'm able to proceed as that more confident person and then i you know and then better bigger things come to me well it's even like a, just
1: you saying the second memoir was easier to write like there was a confidence and you felt like the writing came out right better it, well. i didn't say it was
0: easier to write
1: Okay, i think the writing was better okay in it okay um
0: but i mean you know it's like like they say, it's like choosing between your children or whatever. But yeah, I mean, really, that's you know, the book about my relationship with my son is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, is, I do choose that child actually. that yeah. it is my favorite book, but that I've written. Um, but uh, yeah, like, it, it wasn't easier to write? But there, I do think the writing in it is better.
1: There was just an ease about your ability to go into it.
0: Yeah, and just um, I mean, the confidence. <sighs> what finishing the previous books, the confidence that it gave me in the actual writing process was that I would be able to finish the book. Like I did know, I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. this. I can write a book. I've done that. Even if it feels impossible right now, I've been through this process enough times and it has always felt impossible at at a certain point. And I've, and I've done it anyway. So, so that was the confidence really that, you know, that, that the writing had given me but the the business confidence was different right like so to be able to go and like ask for you know more money or ask for whatever it it is just and also to be able to say no at this point you know people will ask
1: me to do stuff and I'll be like no really yeah, in terms of book I, which ideas I, or speaking um, or interviews, or above. everything. You yeah, know, I'm like I, I
0: have to, and then also, you know, I have two kids now, and like, yeah, that's a different. You know, so you're forced to prioritize in a different way. Yep. Um, but I, I did say yes to
1: everything for the longest time. Um, and that, there's a season for that. There totally it is. opens lots yeah. of doors, and you're sort of. Checking things out and what's behind door number yeah. one and you know number like two. there
0: are a lot of like new writers or unpublished writers who are you know come to me and they're like but I, I I don't want to write anything for free
1: like I don't I'm like I don't know where you
0: heard that yeah you know yeah um but just get something out like write anything write anywhere write yeah. anything you can give it away on a street corner yeah like you know once you start getting published then like and talk about you know, getting some money for your so work. So that's
1: probably some good advice in terms of, again, the listener. I think I think I want this glamorous life that Jillian has. Like, right. And you're saying, okay, well, hold off on the glamour for one yeah. second. Write, write, and write some more. Right. And give it away and see who's listening. Pay attention to the response. Pay attention to the response. Very, yeah. Like, very much so. And, and also,
0: like, find a community. I always say to people, you know... Everyone, everyone wants, 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 you know, like, where's my, where's my book contract? Like, they have an idea for a book. Yeah. And haven't written four pages of it. Yeah. But they want, they want to know how to get an agent. And I'm like, why don't you find a community and become a part of that community and see what you can give to that community? Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to write literary fiction, then you know there there are readings in your town every night of the week, and you can. And authors need people to show up to those readings, and are very grateful when they do. So go, go see, oh, that's great. go see authors. Go buy their books. Go introduce yourself to them. You know, f- meet people who are in the audience. Host a reading series. You know, like I, I host these salons at my mm-hmm. house. Um, because I I want to give back to this community, mm-hmm. you know? and But but really the effect that it's had, I mean, I've been doing it for a few years now, and the effect that it's had is that I, I have more and more and more connections. That wasn't the intention of it. But, you, but when that's you start the giving, yeah. then people are very eager to give back to you, you know? So I've hosted these wonderful authors in my home, and then when the time comes for me to ask for a blurb, for my book, yeah. I already have a connection forged with them. Yeah. So I can say,
1: hi, it's Jillian. Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and <laughs> back in the day, I have this <laughs> one little request. <laughs> well, I like that advice too because it um, it kind of puts you in the center of that life. What is it right. like to be an author? What is it like to be trying to cobble up 30 people to come listen to you at a reading.
0: Right. Like, it, it and you takes also want to away... get readers. Yeah. Like you wanna
1: yeah. and not not just readers for when you finally publish, like
0: you need early readers. You need friends yeah. you can exchange work with. You need, you know, people to put eyes on your work before you start submitting it to literary. Okay, or that's or a great question.
1: So yeah. how do you advise somebody who is maybe perhaps it's a blog they've started mm-hmm. or they've started to write papers, the beginning of a book, whatever. How do you advise them to get other eyes, be willing to hear criticisms, but to choose wisely who's reading? Because I know even in business ideas, you know, people will say, well, I don't want to tell Uncle Jack because he's going to shoot it down. Right. Okay, well, then don't have Uncle Jack read it. So in writing, how do you exercise that and get better? Who do you choose?
0: Um, I think it takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just have to figure out who you connect with mm-hmm. and whose work you respect. Um, you know, like one of my most valuable readers um, is a, a woman and and one of my closest friends, um, although she moved to Portland, I'll never forgive her. But um, <laughs> I met my first day in graduate school. You know, she was in my workshop and we had people's work to read in advance. And I was just kind of like, snooze, 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 wait, like who? Who is, who is that this? wow you know and then we uh and then we got into the workshop and i i liked what she had to say and you know and so and then we became friends and then we started trading work and so i think that it's not always it like it takes some time okay. to find people um and i mean you and you can certainly go and take classes and take workshops and and things like that i, I always think it's important to be very Um, discerning about how you hear criticism if you're criticized by a group in a workshop. You know, like, I, like, just don't, you don't have to listen to every single thing people say, you know, but I think that what you can get out of those experiences is you can find the one person in that group who you really find their criticism valuable and then, you know, and then start trading. Um, And, uh, and, yeah, I think, and, and just exactly what I said before you start to find a community go and you have know, volunteer at a literary journal to start yeah. editing, right and then you start seeing what people are sending in what's being submitted yeah and what, and, and you start to be good. like, wow, that there's this common mistake everyone's making. you know, oh wait, maybe I won't I won't do that same thing. Yeah. I see why these pieces are getting rejected.
1: So I want to ask you two more questions before we wrap up. One is are there any, tools or resources online or otherwise that you have found to be helpful for yourself or would advise for somebody else who is starting out in this writing game? Like, is there a how to write a book proposal? Is, are yeah, there, there is things?
0: exactly a how okay. to write a book okay. proposal. Um, and I think it depends on what you're, what you're writing. Okay. You know, I mean, I think that you, you can't, there's, I mean, there are a handful of books that I think are essential like writing books and one of them is bird by bird by Anne mm-hmm. lamott yeah um and another one is called the situation and the story by that. vivian gornick um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna blank out right now but there are at when you get to the point of writing a book proposal um there's a book called how to write a book proposal okay. there's a, no need to reinvent the wheel you know and don't get cute just yeah. just be excellent
1: yeah, we, we might um, follow up with you on some of those and then we can include those in the okay. podcast yeah. notes because I think that would be really helpful. Okay, the second thing is um, I had talked about the idea of exercising that kind of writing muscle for oh, a Oh, writing, writing, okay. writing down the bones, sorry. Writing down the bones. Need writing down the bones. We'll include that. One. <laughs> um, but to f- for some people, it's begin with a blog because you can kind of on a regular basis get feedback from, uh-huh. from an audience, and also from the publishing end, like we said, your story is a little bit of one of the last Cinderella stories in terms of the old school, and then I put a proposal together, the publisher said yes, they loved my story, right. and boom. Now, a lot of times, they're looking at, again, your numbers. Who's right. already paying attention to you? I Give us some advice changing. around
0: that. that. also is changing, though. Okay. Um, like, I think it's gone through a, a couple different cycles. Okay. Because I think that one of the things that they have found, um, and, uh, you know, s- sometimes by by publishing bloggers um, with really big platforms, is um, that that doesn't necessarily translate into book sales. Yeah. So now, you know, numbers like, certainly don't hurt, um, but I don't think that they're the only thing that you need. And I think really what you need is an outstanding piece of work. You need to do outstanding work and that takes some time. Yeah. Um now if you, you know, like are more of a more of like a personality or a like celebrity writer sure. or you know, in in that case, um then those sort of numbers are going to... They're going to show maybe. up they're, because they're yeah. buying the book regardless, right? right? Exactly. Of that. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of, like, the rest of us who sort of fall in the middle, um, I, you know, I, I think that what's going to make you stand out is, uh, you know, is the work itself. And I, people will get sidetracked by social media a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also really important to make boundaries around it, like, and to do what is genuinely interesting to you because there are eight you could spend all day you can spend all day pinning sure. and <laughs> you know and yes. uh, and instagramming yeah. and social storying and blah 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 and facebooking right and you, you can be kind of hollering into a black hole and and focusing on every single follower you know i need i got six more followers today yeah. and it's like nah um I think that the more you kind of find an authentic voice and something you enjoy doing, and just focus on that platform, you know, like I, I like taking pictures. I really like taking pictures of my kids, you know. So like the Instagram is pretty fun for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, and and the blogging was really. Uh, very important to me for a long time and was a, a really genuine expression of, of what was going on so you know the fact that
1: it and it, led to you being a top mom blog yeah i mean so it did that but voice it really
0: something. was it wasn't because i started out saying and not that there's anything wrong with doing this but it, i didn't start out to, for my blog to be a business mhm um, and actually I, there was a point at which I said, I'm not going to have any advertising on, on my blog. I'm not like, cause I just decided that I am my product and I have a product and the product isn't the blog for me. The product mm-hmm. is my books. Mm-hmm. So the blog is my like interface. You know, yeah. it's like a communication tool for me, and also um, at this point, my blog is like really an act of service on my part. I'm like I'm doing it for other parents who may be struggling. Um, I'm not. I'm not writing another book about motherhood. I'm not. I just. I keep doing it because uh, because I just. I keep getting those emails. You know, I read that yeah. post and it was so meaningful to me. And we've been struggling with this thing with my kid. And I didn't understand it, and now I do. And and um I mean, not to, you know, whatever, be grandiose, but... No, it's- I,
1: yeah, I see what... I I know personally what your blog posts have done for parents who have been in your situation in terms of adopting. But also, like I said earlier, your voice um, has educated those of us who don't... We You know, everybody has their story and everybody's story is different. And I think coming through... Looking at it through your lens has taught me something about my own kids, about your kids, about viewing kids in the world. And so I appreciate that. And I, I think for you as an accomplished writer, it might not mean the same thing. But what I like about what you said with I'm not selling advertising on the blog, this is a place for me to have this dialogue is if somebody was going to pursue writing, and, and they looked at the blog, not as a business, but that safe space. Right. They might actually get to understand, yeah. see, hone that voice sooner I than mean, later.
0: absolutely. And the thing that, that's nice about a blog is that, um, like, I would have... I mean, there were times when I was blogging twice a week or blogging once a week. And I would have those goals and I would have those deadlines. And they were really manageable bites, To take. Yeah. When you... And you're saying, I'm going to have 500 words by Wednesday. I can do this. And this is going up on Wednesday. You know, whether it's precious
1: and perfect, you know... It's a little bit like working out. Like, this is going to happen. Right. And then you build that muscle in the process. Exactly. And, And, you know... Writing a book is really a marathon. And you don't
0: get to writing running a marathon. Like you don't just run a marathon. You have to train to sure. run a marathon and and I think that it c- it can be very discouraging like that kind of long timeline to people yeah. like, yeah, you'll be done in a year and a half. It's very easy, like in that year and a half, to lose heart. But if you are taking these manageable bites and getting a response, and you know, it it, it is. It's a muscle, and it you know, you're you're definitely working it more that way. And uh, yeah, I just I think that if you if you hate Twitter, you know, like you're sitting there racking your brain trying to think of something clever to say, <laughs> you know, and just in loathing there. it, yeah. and and all you do is like, and you just want 10 more followers or whatever. I, I think that it's like kind yeah. of, then that's useless. But if you're super funny, you know, and you, and that you find a voice that way. And like you cross the street and have a funny thought. And then like, you know, then it's going to sort of like have an organic flow and then it
1: could be really useful. Yeah. To you. It's just, a you you your book platform, or, whatever it is. Yeah. And it could be journaling by the way, you know, we're yeah. not, we're using social media, um, platforms, but it could just be journaling and doing the same thing. 500 words every week. Yeah. I must do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, and,
0: and building a platform is a different, thing yeah. but maybe it's like a venn diagram yeah. you know and <laughs> there the you go i like that i like that yeah, yeah.
1: okay so i'm going to ask you one more question or six more questions actually it's kind of the fun part of okay. the interview and you just answer real quick um we call it our quick six it's just a way for our audience um to get to know you a little okay. bit more so do you like a nine to five or a flex schedule flex schedule um and then vacation in the mountains or beach beach uh, and then would you rather work from home or office? Both. And that does that depend on the day or do you just... Yeah, it
0: just depends on the day.
1: Okay. And you are um, you feel like you're efficient and effective in both places?
0: I feel like I'm way more efficient in my office, but sometimes but life... it makes more... I mean, yeah. I, wake, I right now I wake up at four in the morning to write. So oh. I'm not going to go to an office at four in the morning. I'm going to write at my kitchen
1: table. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> um, and then work alone or with a team? Alone. Yeah. Is there... Are there opportunities as a writer to work with a team? Yeah. I guess writing on TV. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good.
0: Good to know. Or you mean some people have have writing partners too?
1: Okay. So for those of you listening who like the teamwork, it doesn't mean you can't be a writer. Oh, no.
0: I mean television writing is all
1: teamwork. Yeah.
0: Okay. I've I've watched 30 Rock. I know. (laughs) I know. Um,
1: And then uh, do you prefer Thai or Mexican food? Mexican. Oh, I think you're our first Mexican. Really? Yeah. And so many people said, Ty, I love it. And yeah, then taco night tonight. I, know, yeah. I love it. At one time I had, um, we, I made tacos and it was like a Thursday or whatever. And my son, who's friends with your son, uh-huh. um, so same age, said, um, it's not Tuesday. You're not supposed to make tacos. <laughs> and I was like, where did he get this? Well, I've never once taco said taco Tuesday. Tuesday. Must have been at school or something. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What does it mean for you to be liberated?
0: Hmm, That's a, that's a, that's, is a great question. Um, It's just to, I mean, I, I, that, I just think about my imagination, you know, like for me, like to be liberated is to be liberated creatively Hmm. because my life often, like I said, I have a real talent for making things hard and my life is often pretty challenging and there's not a lot I can do about that like it'd be nice to be free of all these obligations sure. you know but but i but i am free in my mind and i'm free in my work if i if i let myself be you know and if i make myself be yeah. if i demand that i be free in my work um and so that for me is being liberated and i can always have it regardless yeah. of what's going on
1: i love that answer and it reminds me of this seems a little heavy, but like when you think of people who've survived horrific circumstances, whether it's Holocaust or abuse yeah. or whatever, they will often say that the freedom they had in their mind, the freedom to be creative, to hope for something more is what kept them alive.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: I love that. Yeah. I love that answer. Jillian, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us, for um, teaching all of our listeners a little bit more about what it means to be a writer. And we will have all of your books and the books you mentioned that would be helpful for writers um, listed in the show notes. Great. So thanks for everything. Appreciate it. It was great to hang out.
0: Yeah, you too. Take care.
1: Bye. (laughs) Bye. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. Liberty is spelled L-I-B-E-R-T-Y-F-O-R-H-E-R. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Wyndham, and music by Jordan Flower. And just remember there is life after the top knot, as evidenced here. See you next week.